You're listening to audio from Shandon Baptist Church. If you'd like to check out more resources from us, please visit our website at shandon.org. privilege to now be able to step back into 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And if you're new to Shandon or if you weren't able to join us last week as we began a new series, we are in a series specifically in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, looking at an eternal perspective and how an eternal perspective dictates and determines the way we live our lives in the here and now. And so we'll be picking up right where we left off last week. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6, I'd like to invite you, if you're willing and able, to stand with me. And I know, again, this may feel a little strange standing in your living room or your bedroom or wherever you may be joining in for this service right now. But we stand to be reminded that the Word of God is our authority. It is the foundation that the people of God are built upon. And the Word of God reveals to us what God says is right and good and true. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. The scripture says, So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and home with the Lord. Today, as we continue in this series, we are looking at the importance of courage in the life of a Jesus follower. So let's pray that God would lead us and guide us in this time here together. Heavenly Father, as we now stand before you at the reading of your word, as we turn our attention to the Holy Scripture and what you are laying before us, I pray in the power of your spirit that you would speak into our lives that you would reveal to us what we need to see and that you would speak to us what we need to hear in our lives. We need courage. And I pray, Lord God, that you would empower and inspire and embolden us today through your scripture to live lives of courage that point to the good news of what you have done for us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's in his name I pray. Amen. And if you were standing, go ahead and be seated as we step into this message here today. Courage is certainly a foundational quality in the life of a Jesus follower. In fact, I would go so far as to say that it is not possible to follow Jesus in faith absent of courage. For let's face it, there is nothing easy about living the Christian life in the world in which we live. There is nothing simple about following Jesus in a culture that does not stand up and applaud Christians for living in accordance with the Word of God. In fact, there are many times 
When to be a follower of Jesus in our culture can be incredibly difficult. We can face opposition. We can face those who don't understand, those who disagree, and more and more, those who disagree with tremendous hostility. The world will not applaud us for living the Christian life. And it takes courage. It takes courage to stand for what we say we believe. It takes courage to live in accordance with the word of God in a culture that does not honor the word of God. It takes courage to stand up for what the scripture says is right, good, and true. Now, one of my all-time favorite quotes about this most important topic of courage in the Christian life comes from C.S. Lewis. And I quote Lewis often because his writing has had a tremendous impact on my life. But I want to share this quote with you. Lewis writes, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point. Not just one virtue in the life of a Christian, but courage is the form of every virtue when that virtue is being tested. What is Lewis saying here? Lewis is saying that courage builds up and undergirds every virtue of the Christian life. Now let's hold that up to the lens of Scripture. I want to turn your attention to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 is where we see what is called the fruit of the Spirit or the evidence of Christ at work in the life of a Christian. Look at what the Scripture says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit could be called the virtues of a Christian life, the the evidence of a life that is following Jesus. And think about what Lewis's quote means in the context of the fruit of the Spirit. It takes courage to live a life of love. Because love always involves risk, especially a life of love when we are called to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us, which comes right from the mouth of Jesus. It takes courage to love. It takes courage to choose joy when the circumstances of life are difficult and when we are navigating a storm or a struggle or when there is upheaval around us in the world. It takes courage to say, I will choose joy. It takes courage to be a peacemaker. When there is hostility, when there is tension surrounding us, when we face those who disagree with us, it takes courage to stand for peace. It also takes courage to demonstrate patience. When we are misrepresented, when we are misunderstood, when things are not going the way that we desire for them to go, it takes courage to stand in patience and believe that God is in control. It also takes courage to live a life of kindness because people will wrong us. 
People will hurt us. People will oppose us. And it takes courage to turn the other cheek and to respond in kindness, even in the midst of those who do not agree with our lives. It takes courage to choose goodness when temptation and sin are constantly knocking on the door of our heart and our mind and seeking to invite us to compromise what we say we believe and walk away from God's best. It takes courage to choose goodness. And it takes courage to live a life of faithfulness in the midst of painful and challenging circumstances to say, I choose to believe that my God is faithful and my God is in control. It takes courage to live with gentleness, to have a strength that is under control and is a blessing to others and not a threat or a danger to others. And it takes courage. Oh, how it takes courage to live with self-control when it would be far easier to lash out or be reactionary when things don't go our way. Courage is the form of every virtue in the life of a Christian when that virtue is being tested and put on the line. And courage invites us to truly live the fruit of the Spirit so that the fruit of the Spirit can flourish in our lives and point others to the gift that we have received through Jesus Christ. When you stop and you think about it, every life-changing act of greatness that our world has ever seen Every life-changing act that has impacted others in a positive way has been held up with the characteristic of courage. And for the Christian life, every step of faith that we take is also a step of courage. Courage and faith walk hand in hand. In the face of fear, Courage does not retreat. In the face of uncertainty, courage does not despair. In the face of opposition and tribulation, courage stands firm in conviction and strength. And this is to be a defining quality of the Christian life. So with all of this in mind, how do we live this out? How do we live a life of good courage as the scripture talks about? Well, 2 Corinthians 5 is a tremendous blessing as we think about this topic. So let's go back to where we left off last week. We read verse 6 a moment ago, but I want to start with verse 5 of 2 Corinthians 5. It says this, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. 
Now, the courage that we see described in Scripture, the courage that we need flows out of what Christ has already done. The language here is so important. The Apostle Paul is saying God has prepared us for this very thing. He has invited us into the finished work of Christ and he has offered us the invitation to fix our eyes on Jesus, to look to eternal things and to recognize that we are being empowered by the very spirit of God to live a life of courage. So what we're seeing here is a very important truth that confidence in eternal things leads to courage in earthly things. Confidence in eternal things leads to courage in earthly things. Those who are in Christ Jesus have been given new life. And this is a gift that can never be taken from us. That's the promise of eternity. That's the promise of the things to come. This is a gift of grace that is not about what we do and not about what we have done. It is all about Christ and the finished work that he has accomplished through the cross and the power of the resurrection. In fact, look at what it says in Ephesians Chapter 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Look at the language which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul is revealing in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God has prepared us for this very thing, to live a life of courage, to live a life of good works that does not seek to earn God's approval, but flows out of the approval that has been given to us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. The grace of God has prepared us for the works of God to be lived out in our lives. And the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, the Spirit of God has been given to us to guide us and to empower us to live this life of courageous faith as we fix our eyes on eternal things. Don't miss this. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead has been granted and given to those who are followers of Jesus. That is resurrection power in our lives. This is incredibly significant. This is, this is not some second class power or some secondary power. This is the very power of God that raised Christ from the dead, granted to those who are followers of Jesus. This is an unstoppable force. And this is the very foundation for the courageous life recognizing 
that the courage God calls us to is not in our own power, but in the power of the Spirit that has been given to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. May we fix our eyes on eternal things and listen to the prompting of the Spirit to know how to respond in each and every situation with courage to point to what God has done. I want to share a quote with you that I love from Sir Winston Churchill, the great leader of parliament during World War II of the British Empire. Listen to what Churchill said. He said, courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. But courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. I love this quote because it shows us that sometimes courage responds differently. Courage does not always respond the same way. And listen, church, for those who are followers of Jesus Christ, this is exactly what the Scripture is talking about. The Spirit prompts us to know how to respond in courage in each and every situation as our eyes are fixed on eternity and we recognize the gift of what Jesus has done. Sometimes the most courageous thing we can do is stand up and speak. And sometimes the most courageous thing we can do is sit down and listen. The question for the Christian is, Will we listen to the prompting of the Spirit? Will we yield to the conviction of the Spirit that always leads us to walk in step with the Word of God and always prompts us to live here and now in light of eternity to come? Secondly, we go back to the Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now this is so incredibly important because we're reminded here that courage is unwavering as circumstances change. The world around us is constantly changing. The circumstances of our life are constantly changing. But courage remains unwavering as circumstances around us change. Now if you joined us for last week's message, we looked at several verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I want to remind you of one of the things we saw in verse 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For the things that are seen, the scripture says, are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The scripture is saying here that there are significant differences between a life of faith and a life of sight. The circumstances of our life are transient. They are temporary. They are constantly changing. But the things that are unseen, the eternal things, are forever. So why would we live our lives today focused primarily on the things that are changing, that are here today and gone tomorrow? 
Why would we seek to position our lives based on things that are transient and temporary when we have been invited to fix our life firmly on that which will never change? Courage for the life of the Christian is unwavering even as circumstances around us and circumstances in our lives are constantly changing. The most courageous leaders have a vision for where they are going and what they long to see. And the most courageous leaders become obsessed, locked in on, unwavering in that vision. And so even as circumstances change and even as things around them are transient, they stay focused on the vision that they are passionate about seeing come to fruition. The scripture is saying to the life of a Jesus follower, you have been given an eternal vision. Fix your eyes on that which will not change. Fix your eyes on eternal things and live with a vision for that which is not temporary, that which is not transient, but that which is permanent and eternal. An eternal vision leads to courage that is unwavering even as circumstances change. We go back to the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. It says, yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. And what is the scripture revealing here? The scripture is revealing here that courage will sacrifice for a higher purpose. The courageous life sacrifices for a higher purpose. There's a great story that is told in a book written by Steve Farrar called Point Man, which is a tremendous book on biblical male leadership in the church and in the home. And in this book, Farrar writes of a story where a Marine Corps recruiter comes to an assembly of graduating high school seniors at a school. And the Marine Corps recruiter has been given about 10 minutes to stand up and make a pitch for why some of these seniors should consider joining the Corps. And so the recruiter stands up and for about the first minute, just looks out over the room with a stern face, with a locked-in vision. He surveys all the students that are sitting in that assembly. And then he makes his presentation. And this is what Farrar writes in this story. He says the Marine Corps recruiter spoke to the students and said, I doubt whether there are two or three of you in this room who could cut it as Marines. I want to see those three men as soon as this assembly 
is dismissed. And with that, he sat down. And at the end of the assembly, almost every student in the room came flooding down to the front to answer the call of this recruiter. Because students want their life to make an impact. And the same is true for you and me. Now this may get lost along the way. The storms of life may beat us down and we may dip into discouragements or even despair. We may feel like our life cannot make an impact because of the things that we have walked through. But wired in the heart of every one of us is a desire to live a life of significance. I know it may have been suppressed long ago, but deep inside each and every one of us, there is a desire to live a life of impact, to live a life that sacrifices for a greater purpose. And the word of God is saying to the church, saying to Christians, tap into what God has wired on your heart. Don't miss this. You are invited to live for something that is greater than yourself. But it will require courage. Courage sacrifices for a greater purpose. I love what the Apostle Paul writes about his life of faith in the letter to the Philippians. Look at what it says in the scripture in Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 21. Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. So convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. How I love this declaration of the Apostle Paul's life. For there is so much freedom in these verses. This is an eternal vision being lived out in the word of God. An eternal vision that leads to a courageous life for the sake of a higher purpose. The Apostle Paul is saying here, I have no reason to fear death. In fact, I am excited about eternity with my Lord. Lord and Savior. It's going to be way better than anything that this life has to offer. But while I'm still here, while I'm still here, I'm going to do everything that I can as I fix my eyes on eternity to live for a greater purpose 
to sacrifice so that others may know the joy that I have found in Christ. I want my life to impact eternity. And I am living today in light of eternal things so that all who see my life can know my hope is not in this world. My hope is in my eternal Savior and all that He has done for me. And my home is in eternity with Him. Courage sacrifices for a greater purpose. And then finally, in our message today, we go back to 2 Corinthians 5 and we see verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. This is a sobering statement in the word of God, a sobering statement from the Apostle Paul. But what we are reminded here in the final point, I would lay before us in this message is simply this. Courage knows that life today impacts eternity to come. Christian courage understands with an eternal vision that life today impacts eternity to come. You see, this is the call to trust in the gift of the gospel that is the finished work of Jesus Christ. And this is the call for the church to live sent, to live the mission so that those around us may see the hope that we have in Christ and hear the gift that we have in Christ so that they can then have the opportunity to respond in faith in preparation for eternity. For everyone will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Everyone will be judged for this life. For the followers of Jesus, we know through the Word of God In that day of judgment, when we stand before the judgment seat, the judgment that will be executed in the life of a Jesus follower will be done so through the lens of the finished work of Christ at the cross and through the power of His resurrection. Because for the follower of Jesus Christ, we recognize that in that day of judgment, we will be judged through the lens of what Christ has done. As God looks at our life, He will not judge us based primarily on what we've done. He will judge us based primarily on what Christ has done. And what a day that will be. As we celebrate the gift of salvation fully and completely and recognize that our life has been pardoned 
the grace and mercy of God in the gift of salvation that counts us spotless and clean in the sight of God. But for those who are not in Christ, the day of judgment will be very different. For those who are not in Christ will be judged primarily by the things they have done in this life. And I realize you may think, well, I live a pretty good life, and if I'm going to be judged for the things that I have done, there's more good than bad, and so maybe I'm going to be okay. But the Scripture makes it clear, you won't be judged just for the quote-unquote good things that you have done. You will be judged for everything that you have done. And no one wants to be judged for the wrong they have committed. No one wants to be judged for the things they have done that they know are bad. And in that day, for those who must give an account for the way they have lived and are judged for the works of their life, it will be a horrible day. And so the Scripture is saying to us all, live today in light of that day. Live today in light of eternity. If you are a follower of Christ, that means live today to point others to the hope that you have so that they have the opportunity to respond in faith to the call of God on their life so that they have the opportunity to see the good news of what Christ has done and respond in faith so that they will be prepared for that day. But for those who are not in Christ... To live in light of eternity means for you to wake up. Wake up to the incredible gift of what Christ has done for you. Open your eyes and see the tremendous sacrifice that has been made on your behalf and trust in the provision of Christ for His grace and mercy is being offered to you. Will you receive it? Will you trust what Christ has done so that you, like the Apostle Paul and like every follower of Jesus, can long for that day? For to depart and be with Christ is so much better. May we live in light of eternity, recognizing, encourage that the way we live today impacts eternity to come. As we close, would you ask the Lord personally to give you the courage that you need To live courageously in light of eternity so that your life can be a reflection of what Jesus Christ has done.
And if you are here with us and have never trusted your life to Christ, would you ask God as we pray courageously to give you the faith to trust in the finished work of Jesus and to receive the gift of salvation that he is offering to you. Let's pray. Father God, I am so grateful for this call to courage that you have laid before your people. For this call to courage is not about our strength and our power. It is all about your strength and your power that fuels us in the spirit to live today in light of eternity. Oh, I pray for every follower of Jesus joining us for this message. I pray for your church, the people of God, that we would live courageously to point others to the good news of what Christ has done. That we would live to point to the hope that we have in eternity to come. And I pray, Lord God, for each and every one who is joining us today who have never experienced the gift of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord God, that you would give them eyes to see eternal things. That you would give them eyes to live today in light of eternity, which means you would give them the faith to trust in salvation through Christ alone. Give them the courage and the faith to believe you at your word and to say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to give me this gift of salvation, this gift of grace, and to give me perspective that allows me to see the eternal good news of the gospel that you are inviting me to receive. I trust you in faith. Oh, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ and all that you have done for us. May we live today in light of what you have done and in light of eternity to come. Use our lives for your glory This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We want to thank you for joining us for this message today. And we are getting really close to joining back together in person just a few weeks from now. We look forward to seeing you on that day. Until that day, God bless. We're praying for you. And we look forward to seeing you again real soon.